Um, I'm not positive, but I think the beginnings of fall have officially arrived just in time, of course, for our inaugural sunset service this Sunday night in the Fort Oaks parking lot, 6.30. We have highs in the 70s and the lows in the 60s that day. It's going to be just a beautiful, clear day, uh, worshiping uh, in the twilight or some sort of light. <laughs> um, and uh, walking through the book of James, just having a great time worshiping with the people of God in a relaxed, casual um, atmosphere. We'd love to have you there. Um, but that's going to be this, this Sunday, 6.30. Awesome times. Um, a couple programming notes before we dive into Revelation 19 this morning. Looking ahead a little bit, I think we will most likely wind up this journey through Revelation um, by the end of next week most likely and then sometime subsequent to that um, a little further um, maybe a couple weeks down the line we will do some sort of live um, Q&A event where I'll do some some recaps some overview of different things we've learned in the book of Revelation it'll be a time to it'll be interactive so you can submit questions and we can talk about all the things that are that are still swirling in your mind about about this book but we are today in Revelation 19, and I've brought out this 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 just gorgeous mug, uh, the Little Mermaid. Um, just a reminder to all you men: if you have a lady in your life, just think about giving her a kiss. Kiss the girl. It's actually thematically appropriate because we are in Revelation 19, which is all about the wedding feast of the Lamb, the love story. So let me read. Um, Actually, the first 10 verses of 19, and then I'll pray. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! The Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to him, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Let's pray. Lord, just how appropriate that you have chosen this picture, this metaphor, this amazing imagery of the wedding of the of the feast, of the joy and the celebration that 
um, is a part of all of our wedding ceremonies and joining together here on earth. This is the picture of your love for us, your love for the bride of Christ. And so, Lord, refresh our hearts with it this morning. Renew our spirits. Encourage us. And we ask that you would open your word to us this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, 17 and 18 of Revelation were pretty grisly, pretty dark, um, pretty provocative, um, full of all sorts of imagery. And it all evolved around the beast and the harlot. And remember, Satan stands behind the beast, uh, which is the dominant worldview system, sometimes represented in the state. Uh, but that encompassing that whole worldview that opposes the things of God and that this harlot was riding the beast. And we saw last time this harlot or Babylon was clearly the symbol for Rome at the time, but it's also a symbol for for all those institutions, cultural, government, and otherwise, that actively stand against the people of God in this life. So we have the beast and the harlot. Well, now shifting to 19, you see what John's doing here. He's contrasting this with the lamb and the bride. So, so just as we said, you will either taste the fruits um, of following the beast, or you will taste the fruits of following the lamb. There are no other two choices um, for humanity. And here, kind of in the aftermath of this war, we see the remains, um, it's a pretty vivid imagery here in Revelation 19, the, the smoke coming up from the dead carcasses of the, of the beast and the harlot, um, and God's people are rejoicing because this is just, this is right. And now the scene shifts to the lamb and the bride and the wedding feast of the lamb. Now we see the word hallelujah, um, occur multiple times in this passage and that's a word we completely take for granted and at least in our christian culture um in fact it's it's a word that's um transcended just christian culture in the church you see it in popular movies tv shows mediums as as a loud exclamation um of of when something excites us or we want to give give thanks or praise for something but here's what's interesting this is, I just learned this this week. This is the only chapter in the Bible where we find this word. Only chapter in the Bible. But yet it, we see it, and it is, the, the, the pinnacle, the ultimate of what it means to praise and exalt and rejoice in God and the good news of Jesus Christ. And so it's, this is the only chapter we find it in the Bible, which is very appropriate um, considering the fact um, that we are that we are rejoicing in the greatest truth and reality in the history of the universe, that we are a bride, the people of God, and that Jesus has prepared us to be his bride through his blood, and that we will have an ongoing celebration and wedding in heaven that will never end. So we think about weddings, of course, in our, in our days, and and all the anticipation and excitement leading up to the big day, um, the all the people who come into town, and the reception and the celebration, and the bride and groom riding off together to enjoy their honeymoon, and I mean all these. I mean it is like just in terms of human celebrations, it's 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 probably right there at the top, right? 
and, and this is not just for Christians, it's culturally. We recognize there's something good and righteous and true. And, and how appropriate that God has used this institution to give us a living, a living breathing picture of the relationship of Christ and the church, of us to him. Now, it's not as if God gave us marriage and then the scripture writers were looking for an apt metaphor and said, well, you know, Jesus and the church, it's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, a modern day wedding. It's actually the other way around. Now, in other words, this has always been the vision. Okay. This has always been the vision for the people of God to be caught up in this rapturous love relationship with their bridegroom, Jesus. And it's, and it's, this has always been God's plan. And what has happened is that he has given us the human institution of marriage for this season, for this time, to give us a picture, a reminder, a, a living, breathing parable of his love for us. It's why when we get to heaven, Jesus says, we'll neither marry nor be given in marriage. Why? We won't need marriage any longer, right? Marriages in this life are just a pointer to the marriage in that life. And, and once we see Jesus face to face and we never have to say goodbye and we have this ongoing celebration of our, our union with Christ, we will no longer need the human institution of marriage. Now, many sermons and books could be written and have been about what I just said. But let me draw your attention to one thing in the passage that you might have a, a question about. When it talks about the bride in verse 8, it says, It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Now, um, if to, to our ears, that can sound a little bit like um, it's the bride who gets herself ready. In other words, it's the, it's the bride through her righteous deeds that's earned the right to wear the pure spotless garments and wedding gown to meet her groom. And because that's what it sounds like. And then we immediately ask, well, well, isn't that kind of backwards because aren't we taught by Paul justification is by faith alone, that we are adopted not by um, any deeds of our own, but Jesus has clothed us with his righteousness. So, so what does this mean that we have righteous deeds and, and, and we are pure um, it sounds like we're the ones doing this versus God. And remember how we're to read Revelation. It's not a wooden, um, rigid translation of every single word. This is meant to paint a picture for us. But I think one of the ways we need to think about this is that while Scripture upholds the fact that we are made righteous, declared righteous by Jesus through his works on our behalf, that over and over again, it tells us in Scripture that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom, that those who practice eat deeds of darkness, and Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 6, and makes a list of all the different people, uh, groups of sinners who will not inherit the kingdom. And, 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 and what we're getting at here, well, I think what the Scripture writers are getting at here is that when once we are positionally in that place, of, being de of placing our faith in Christ and being declared righteous in Christ, then God's, that's his God's justifying work. Then God's sanctifying work kicks in and begins to change us, mold us, conform us to his image. And so as Luther said, we are saved by faith that we are saved by faith alone, but never by a faith that is alone. So what, what happens is that over the course of time, as God changes our heart, 
transforms our lives that we become to look more and more like him those those that that growing in righteousness is not what saves us but it's a confirmation of our salvation it's a confirmation of what god is doing and so in this sense yes so christ's bride sinful and flawed and broken as she is is being progressively sanctified so that one day one day when she's entered enters into his presence in eternity um, she is ready to be clothed once and for all um, in the righteous garbs of christ let me read one last um, passage from scotty smith in his book unveiled hope page 188 and i think it's an apt summary of this whole imagery and how amazing it is he says yet think of it our wedding feast with jesus our bridegroom is not going to last a mere seven or 14 days it is going to last throughout eternity rejoicing with the love of our lives and with the bride redeemed from every people group in every period of history what could possibly compare with such a glorious reality at this point i'm reminded of paul's words when he wrote when he wrote no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Surely he must have been thinking about our marriage to the Lamb. And I think, I think he's right. And so, Christian, you're discouraged today. You're alone. You're experiencing loss. You are uh, anticipating the day when, when the pain will be no more and Jesus will wipe away every tear. Fix your heart and your mind on this upcoming wedding feast the invitation has been extended um, your spot at that wedding feast is secure um, you have been declared righteous and now Jesus is is slowly but surely conforming you to his image clothing you um, in the righteous deeds of the Saints preparing you and me for that day we will see him face to face hoping that today Christian let's pray Lord what an amazing imagery what an amazing metaphor um, of your love for us and what you've done to bring us to yourself and Lord let us walk in that let us hope in that let us be faithful in that and persevere in that and we look forward expectantly to that day we will see you face to face in your name we pray amen hope you guys have a great weekend hope to see you Sunday Sunday morning Sunday night see ya